Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Denver Broncos. This is the Broncos Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, your host, Ryan O'Leary and Broncos Wire editor, John Heath. You know, surprising. You know, I love you know, the Denver Broncos. Um, you know, it's just, you know, all the, everything is just still, you know, new. And, uh, you know, it's hard to, you know, really put the emotions into words. You know, this is all I know. This is, you know, this is all I, you know, ever, you know, ever knew playing a pro pro sports. Here with, here with the Denver Broncos, I'm, you know, I've been here through the ups and the downs. And, you know, it's always tough whenever you, Whenever you leave, though, but I, I love all my fans. I love Broncos country. Um, when I said Broncos for life, I meant that, and it'll always be on my heart. Um, it's an honor and a privilege to you know play here. Um, John Elway picked me, in and you know it's life changing. You know, ever since then, you know being able to play with Peyton Manning, Demarcus Ware, Champ Bailey, uh, Brian Dawkins, Tim Tebow, um, you know all of these guys, man, and it's uh, it's an honor and a privilege. And, you know, it's, it's still kind of hard to put it in words. It's still kind of raw, but you know, I thank, thank you, thank, thank everybody. You know, and uh, you know, off to LA. It's tough hearing that, isn't it, John Von Miller? Literally in the car, leaving Denver for LA after getting traded. He's choking up. He's sniffling. He's thanking everybody. Uh, I got to check on you, man. How you doing? This is this is a tough <laughs> week for Broncos country. It is. I'm okay now. Yesterday, when I saw Adam Schefter's tweet came up on my phone like my heart sank like even though I kind of thought it was possible and literally last week on the podcast we talked about the possibility of it but just seeing it actually happen it just like my heart just sunk and it, it it's like what I said on the pod last week like uh my heart aches but my head understands I get I get the logic and honestly I kind of even think it was the right move for the Broncos even though it's sad. And like even Miller himself, it's very sad in the moment, but I think Miller himself probably wanted this. It's just when it actually happens in, in the moment, it's just kind of heartbreaking. And it's, it's going to be tough to see Miller playing for a different team, but at the same time, it's honestly going to be kind of nice. Like I want to see Miller playing for a really good team. I want to see him having fun. I want to see him playing well, and I want to see him contending for a Super Bowl. Like the Broncos aren't going anywhere this season. So I'm I'm truly wanting the Rams to win the Super Bowl because I want Von Miller to go get another ring now. And like it's a bummer that he can't finish his career in Denver or at least play his full career in Denver. But if if they weren't gonna resign him after the season, and I have a feeling they probably weren't gonna resign him, I just think he's gonna want enough money that the Broncos weren't gonna give him a contract extension. So if you're not giving the him an extension this spring there's no reason not to trade him now especially for getting a second and a third round pick to me for a guy that's 33 years old or gonna be 33 years old when he hits free agency I think that's a great value because uh if if they would have just let him run out his contract and then leave in free agency and just got a comp pick for him like I mean that's something but why not get two picks for him and it sounds like there may have been like three or four other teams that were interested in him so I assume that drove up the price a little bit and forced the Rams to give them two picks and you know like I keep going back to saying like it's sad but it makes sense because you can use these two picks now like Von Miller we all love him but if you don't have a franchise quarterback like we've seen since Peyton Manning retired you're not going anywhere and these two extra picks you know maybe you can flip them 
for a franchise guy in the offseason. And with not re-signing Miller in the offseason, maybe you have the salary cap space to acquire some big-name quarterback. And one, you got the picks to trade for him. And two, now you have the cap space to uh, pay his salary. So it's it's a big-time bummer, but I understand why they did it. And honestly, like I'm, I'm getting way ahead of myself, but <laughs> Miller even said this in his he released like a 10 minute farewell video like it was so classy but he even said himself in it that maybe he'll come back to denver at the end of his career and he mentioned shannon sharp he was a tight end for the broncos he won two super bowls with them then he went to the ravens he won a third super bowl then he came back at the very end of his career and played two more seasons in denver and von miller said in his video like and i just think who knows maybe that will be me too and i think Every Broncos fan watching that was just like, oh, yes. Oh, please. Like, if you're not going to do that, don't give us hope. But it's just something to to think about. Maybe, just maybe, Miller will be back and finish off his career at the Broncos. That would be really nice. But even if he doesn't, I just – I want him to have a chance to go chase a ring. And I think, in a way, the Broncos, it was kind of – it was a nice thing to do to him. Like, to me, it's a win-win for everybody because the Broncos, they got more ammunition now for – a reload and Miller, he's got a legitimate chance at a title that he was not going to have in Denver. Yeah. And it'll be a Von Miller heavy uh, show today for sure. And I, I like that. I like how you broke that down, John. You know, I think a lot of fans are kind of hung up that the Broncos are paying 9 million of the $9.7 million left on his salary for this year. Fans are getting hung up on the fact that we're basically paying Von Miller to go to the Rams and chase a Super Bowl. Uh, and, and we get a couple of day two picks. First of all, you say it was like a match made in heaven with this trade. The Rams love trading their draft picks, huh, John? So yeah, the Rams were a perfect trade target. You get uh, an extra pick out of it, a second rounder. So that's got to be good. And when, you, when you think about it objectively, right, you're getting two day two picks for a 32-year-old Von Miller who's coming off a year where he missed the entire season, and uh, he's in a contract year. And if, and if we're being honest with ourselves, since he signed that huge, you know, highest-paid defensive player contract in 2016, Denver's record has not been good, right? I mean, there's a lot, a lot that plays into that, but I think I read that the uh, the Broncos' record is 36 and 52 since Vaughn signed that contract. So, whatever they were planning when they made that that deal, it didn't work. It didn't materialize. They didn't get back to the Super Bowl, and it just makes sense, right? It feels like the time is right uh, to go, and you, you got to feel like the compensation for a veteran guy who is no guarantee to be back next season and who's in a contract year he could be a rental for the Rams and you're getting two day two picks. You got to feel like the compensation was pretty good, right? For George Payton. Yeah. Big time. And some fans have said, well, the Rams are so good. The pick order will be so low that it'll be basically like a third and a fourth. I'm like, okay, fair enough, but I'll still take that. I'll still take a third and a fourth because like I said, the alternative, unless you, you know, clearly nobody else made a better offer because they would have accepted it. So then the alternative to accepting the Rams offer is letting him walk in free agency. Because, I, again, I really don't think they were going to be resigning him. And then if you let him walk in free agency, you get one comp pick. So, to me, even if it is, okay, a low second and a low third, that's still good value for him. And, uh, you know, I just think you mentioned in there the record after having signed Miller to that big deal. I don't think that's Miller's fault at all. I think it's the Broncos' fault. They didn't build their roster well enough. And, really, the big thing is they kept missing on quarterbacks over and over and over and now John Elway has kind of stepped aside and hopefully George Payton he won't miss on quarterbacks over and over but it's just they they need to reset they need to try again they got to try to go get a quarterback and I think this will help them get a quarterback and 
I think it's just it's a nice thing to do to Miller because say they uh, don't go after a veteran and they they draft like their favorite rookie quarterback like that rookie quarterback he's going to need a couple of years you're not going to be a Super Bowl contender right away and Miller doesn't have time for that like he's he's getting towards the end of his career he only has so much uh, like top NFL elite edge rusher years left in him like let him go win a Super Bowl now because you're not winning a Super Bowl this year you're probably not winning a Super Bowl next year and like I said even if you do get one of the big name quarterbacks like say you got an Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson next year you wouldn't necessarily be able to afford them to acquire them or pay them with Miller on the roster so I'm, I'm kind of rambling over myself repeating myself but I just I think it worked out for both sides and it, it's sad but if you just look at it objectively, I think it works out well for both of them. We should have recorded on Monday, John, right after it happened. I think you would have been a little bit more mad at the Broncos and more emotional. You're very level-headed right now, but that's a good thing. Um, yeah, and I do want to get into the Broncos draft board for 2022, what they could do, packaging those picks, maybe going out and trading for a big-name quarterback. I want to get into that coming up next. But real quick, John, number 58, should it be retired by Denver? Yeah, I see a lot of fans on Twitter saying that it should be. And I even put up a poll on Broncos Wire, and I think uh, initially it's overwhelmingly yes. But to me, uh, I just think the what the Broncos have done recently has says that it shouldn't be retired based on the standard that the Broncos have set. Because Champ Bailey, I'm super biased here. I admit that I'm biased. But I think Champ Bailey was one of the best cornerbacks in NFL history, not just in Broncos history, but NFL history. Yep. And the Broncos did not retire his number 24. And Terrell Davis, like, yes, his career was cut short by injuries, but he won back-to-back Super Bowls. He He's one of like six or seven running backs to ever rush for 2,000 yards in a season. He's like one of the best uh, playoff running backs of all time. And I really think the Broncos do not win those two Super Bowls without Terrell Davis. Like, they lost three times. Uh, with John Elway, and I think it took Mike Shanahan getting Terrell Davis and plugging him into the offense for John Elway to finally win a Super Bowl, and they went back-to-back Super Bowl. So I just think Terrell Davis, Champ Bailey, like those guys are legends, and the Broncos did not retire their numbers. I guess fans can argue with me and say Von Miller has a higher status in Broncos history than them, and he may. I just don't see it from what the Broncos have done recently, and I just think at some point you're going to run out of numbers. Like Some people, they want like Champ Bailey, they want Shannon Sharp, they want Steve Atwater, they want Terrell Davis, they want all these guys to have their numbers retired, and at some point, you just run out of numbers. And two of the guys that the Broncos did retire, they only retired three numbers. And two, one is John Elway, and he he is the Broncos. You know, he went to five Super Bowls, then he became a GM, took him to help them get to two more Super Bowls. So John Elway, you totally get that. And then Floyd Little, he's one of the other ones, And he literally saved the franchise. Like people will tell you from that time, Denver was in danger of moving out of, or the Broncos were in danger of moving out of Denver and Floyd Little saved them. He was their only good, he was a franchise player, one of the best running backs in the NFL at a time when the Broncos were terrible. So I get someone like John Elway and I get someone like a Floyd Little and both of them, they played their whole career with the Broncos. Elway was drafted by the Colts, but he never played for them. He played his whole career with the Broncos. And now Miller Obviously, he's not going to be playing his whole career in Denver. So I just, I get why people say his number should be retired, but I just think based on the standard the Broncos have set, it's not a foregone conclusion like some uh, fans seem to think. None. It's an excellent insight right there, John. I like that. And uh, so let's now get into George Payton and what the plan's going to be. He's got all these picks. 
He's essentially waving the white flag even after a win over Washington, right, John? We thought maybe a win over Washington would change some things, uh, but apparently that wasn't enough. They moved Von Miller. So what's next for the Broncos? We'll get into all that coming up next. Stick with us. This is the Typical Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. Corey Benini of TheHuddle.com here to talk to you about strong plays for Week 9 of the fantasy football season. We're back to four teams on a bye, so we might have to dig a little deeper than usual. Quarterback Tua Tonga-Vailoa versus the Houston Texans. Houston is tied for the fifth most fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks in 2021. Six passers have gone for at least 21.7 fantasy points, including Trevor Lawrence, Baker Mayfield, and Sam Darnold. Not exactly world beaters. Tua can play loose knowing he doesn't have to worry about the Deshaun Watson trade looming over. Wide receiver Devontae Parker came back and looked pretty good, and with a limited pass rush, there's also another thing he doesn't have to worry about. He makes for a sound bye week or injury fill-in. New York Giants running back Devontae Booker versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Presuming Saquon Barkley doesn't return as he's still dealing with an ankle injury and also landed on the COVID list this week, Booker will face his former employer in Week 9. The Raiders return from their bye week with a defense that has given up the 6th most rushing yards per game in the last 5 weeks, and 3 times in those 4 previous games, a running back went into the end zone with the ball in his hands. Toss in a pair of receiving scores, and we're looking at a slightly better than favorable matchup scenario for the versatile Booker. The six-year veteran has produced double-digit PPR points in four straight contests. Lock him in as long as Barkley is out. Wide receiver Jarvis Landry, Cleveland Browns at Cincinnati Bengals. Head coach Kevin Stefanski said Odell Beckham Jr. ostensibly has been kicked off the team, which makes Landry the de facto number one receiver. In a way, he kind of was already. He and quarterback Baker Mayfield always had better chemistry than Mayfield did with OBJ. Since week three, wide receivers have recorded the fifth most receptions for the ninth most yards per game against the Bengals. Over the course of 2021, in eight games, a dozen receivers have at least five catches to their name, and a matching 12 wideouts have 10-plus PPR points against his defense, and only five of those guys have found the end zone. Landry should be a PPR monster in this one. Tight end Jared Cook at Philadelphia Eagles. Quarterback Justin Herbert has two great wide receivers and an awesome pass-catching running back at his disposal, making Cook hard to count on on a weekly basis in fantasy football. Both of his receiving touchdowns this year have come in the last four weeks, which is a plus. In the last five weeks, the Eagles have given up more volume than all but three teams, and one in nine receptions has found the end zone. That's the 11th highest rate. Anyone playing Cook should be hoping for a touchdown, and four times in the last five games against this defense, a tight end has done just that. For more fantasy football news and advice, please check out the award-winning content at thehuddle.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, John, the uh, Broncos draft board for 2022 is now loaded, right? They got a first rounder, their own, and then they have two seconds, two thirds, a fourth and two fifths after you factor in that Lions pick they got for Trinity Benson, right? So this is a, a loaded board for George Payton and the Broncos. You got you to gotta believe in the hype that they might be looking to do something, whether moving up the board to get their guy this year in the draft or packaging picks to go for, like you said earlier, an Aaron Rodgers, a Russell Wilson, or hopefully not, Deshaun Watson. So uh, there's a couple of ways you could go here. I just want to reset my takes on this, John, and then I'll let you respond, okay? 
I'm still out on Aaron Rodgers. I know everybody is, oh my God, everybody is horny over Aaron Rodgers after that Thursday night game, and I can't blame people. That was pretty good. That was a pretty good win for the Packers, but I'm still refusing to give up three first-round picks or whatever the hell it's going to be uh, to get Rodgers at when he's, he's going to turn 38 in December. And I don't want to be the Rams. I just don't want to be the Rams. I don't want to mortgage my future just to be in the running for a Super Bowl, right? The Rams, I'm rooting for Von Miller in, uh, in L.A., John, but one reason I might not is because I don't want the Rams' strategy to trade all their draft picks and just win a Super Bowl. I don't want that to work for them because I, I don't like that. That's As you know with my commentary, I don't like that at all. I they The Rams... They're going all in for a Super Bowl, but are they really the best team? Are they are they going to be better than Arizona? Are they going to be better than the Bucks if they meet the Bucks in January? Are they going to be better than the Cowboys? Are they going to be better than the Bills? Like, I don't know. I think they're right there, but I can't. You, there's no guarantee that they're going to win. I think any of those teams can beat each other. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, so I'm still not doing it for Aaron Rodgers, but I think Russell Wilson, if he becomes available, I would do it for Russell Wilson. Right? He's turning 33, so I'm in on Russell Wilson. He'll be 33 in November. Rodgers will be 38, like I said. So Wilson is six years younger than Rodgers, and he's been to more Super Bowls, right? So I think if you're going to build your franchise around somebody, trade three first-round picks plus for Russell Wilson and then give him a long extension, and now we're talking. Now you have your guy. And then my my uh, favorite backup scenario to Russell Wilson would be to sign a decent bridge quarterback that's better than Teddy Bridgewater, a like a uh, Matt Ryan, right, in free agency, as you've written about on, on Broncos Wire. But reset your thoughts on... The veteran quarterback trade market in the offseason, John, and what the Broncos could possibly do with all these picks now. Yeah, I wouldn't love Rodgers as much in the spring as I would have this past year because he's going to be a year older. But I I still would definitely take Rodgers, especially because at the rate he's playing right now, it doesn't look like he's necessarily slowing down a lot. He's certainly not falling off a cliff. And I'm not suggesting he's gonna his body will hold up and he'll play as well as Brady for as long as Brady. I don't know if anybody will ever do that. But there's kind of a precedent now that their quarterbacks can, if their bodies hold up, they can play for a while. So as long as Rodgers looks good and he looks healthy the rest of this year and he's still playing at a high level, I would definitely go for Rodgers just because it's been so long since the Broncos have had that franchise guy. And before uh, Peyton Manning came to town, the Broncos were like 8-8. Eight and eight. And just right now, the Broncos are 4-4, four and four, and they probably won't even finish 500. But when you go from being just like a 500 team or a middle-of-the-pack team and you plug in a franchise quarterback like uh, Aaron Rodgers or you plug in like a Peyton Manning, it just takes you from being mediocre to being a contender. And I, you're saying you don't like the Rams strategy. Like, I'm totally fine with the Rams strategy because I've sat through now like six seasons since the Broncos won the Super Bowl where they're not going all in and they're just right middle of the pack. Like I look at like the Minnesota Vikings with like Kurt Cousins and they're just middle of the pack. They're not going all in They're They're being smart with their draft picks. They're being smart with their signings, but like they're not going anywhere. Like they're just going to be like, they might be better in 500. They might always be competing for the playoffs, but I'm not picking them to go to the Super Bowl. And I don't think they're going to be a threat to anytime soon. Whereas the Rams, I think now they have to be a favorite to at least be contending for the NFC Championship. It's kind of tough because the Cardinals are really good in their own division, and the Bucks you have to take seriously with Tom Brady. And then obviously, like we're talking about, Aaron Rodgers, he's going to have the Packers in the mix. So the, the NFC is tough, but the Rams have a legitimate chance, and they're going for it, and I like that. Like, I want the Broncos to go for it. Like, I would love that approach. Like, it's a video game, so it's silly to compare to real life, but it's what the Rams are doing. Like, in Madden, I'd rather trade all my draft picks for guys that I know 
than than draft rookies who I might miss on. Like I may miss someone that I overdraft. Like it happens every draft. Like the draft is such a, a unpredictable thing. Like we we have our favorite prospects, but a lot of them just don't pan out. And like going back to Rand's perspective again, like if they think Von Miller is what puts them over the top, trading a second and a third round pick and mortgaging your future, as you say, if it gets them the Super Bowl this year, it's worth it. Like we, we talked about a lot in the spring when the Aaron Rodgers stuff was going on, like when the Broncos had Peyton Manning, they had a four year run. That was awesome. They got to two Super Bowls and they won a Super Bowl. And then after that, they had five, six years. That was miserable. And I put a pull out and said, if the Broncos could do that again with Aaron Rodgers and, and do it a little bit lesser because he's a little bit older, say they just get like a two or three year run and they get to another Super Bowl and win. And then five, six years after that, things are just miserable. Would you do it all over again? And Broncos fans say, yes, we'll do that all over again. And I think that's the approach the Rams are saying. They're saying we're okay to, quote, mortgage the future and have a little bit of a slump after we win the Super Bowl because we want to win now. So I'm I'm fine with that approach from them. And I'd be fine if the Broncos were aggressive and got someone with Rodgers. But with all that said, I also agree that if Russell Wilson comes available, I definitely take him over Rodgers. because the like, guy. Yep. Exactly. Like you're saying, he's younger. You could have him for a while. And I just love Russell Wilson. The Broncos could have drafted him when he came out of the draft. And we went with Brock Osweiler, which was such a mistake. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> how different would Broncos history be if they drafted Russell Wilson? But, Seriously. you know, they can kind of right that wrong a little bit if they bring him in now. So I agree that Russell Wilson, he is your absolute top target if you're going after a veteran franchise guy. But I wouldn't mind Aaron Rodgers. Like, I know you don't prefer Rodgers. But I sure wouldn't mind it. But Russell Wilson is the target to me. And with Deshaun Watson, it's it's uh, like a tricky situation because the allegations are so serious. I don't want to just like push them aside and be like, it's time to talk football. But from a football perspective, if like the the lawsuit is tossed out or if it's settled and it seems like if the Broncos believe that Watson is an upstanding person, and if his legal matter is resolved, I would be okay with acquiring him if George Payton sits down and talks to him and is okay with who Deshaun Watson is as a person. And if the legal matter is resolved, like if this is hanging over him, like no way, like he's not getting traded this season and his deposition is not until after the Super Bowl. So who knows how that's all going to sort out. But if it sorts out and the Broncos are okay with how it sorts out and they're okay with the person that Watson is, I would be okay with it. But that's it's super speculative because we don't know how all that's going to shake out. So I don't want to I don't want to say, oh, I'm all in on Deshaun Watson. But I do think he might be uh, another name that will be in the running if they're going to trade for a QB next year. Yeah. And, you know, the price might be better for Deshaun Watson because a lot of teams are out on him now. But I, I don't know. Like, how do you? How do you reconcile like 20 over, what is it, 20 sexual assault? Yeah, allegations? it's hard. It's, it's it, like just, how, it doesn't look good at all. How you feel good about that guy? So, you know, I want to push back on the one, one Rams point, John, before we move on, right? I don't want to give too much credit to the Rams for this strategy because aren't they just kind of overcorrecting for their own failures in, uh, I don't know, giving Jared Goff like 110 million guaranteed <laughs> and whatever they gave Todd Gurley? Like, they're kind of still chasing that thing, right? They traded off for Matt Stafford for multiple first round picks and they're kind of that's where all their draft picks have gone and they're kind of just they're spinning the wheel at that point they're like all right we've already traded all our draft picks why the hell not 
Let's get let's get Von Miller too. Let's just go get everybody, right? Like I feel like they're kind of spinning that wheel ever since the Jared Goff, especially, but the girly signing too. I think they're kind of overcorrecting for their own terrible decisions in the front office. That's just my take on the Rams. Yeah, I don't I don't mean to say that they've done it perfectly or have done a great job. Like I don't think that they've definitely mishandled some things, but I just mean the approach of being all in and going for it. I'm totally fine with that because I'm sick of just being a so-so team. Like I'd rather go all in and miss out and then have to, like you're saying, have to try to correct it than just be content to just be mediocre like the Broncos have been. All right. Well, at least we didn't we didn't argue too much about Aaron Rodgers this time because we're in agreement on Russell Wilson. I like it. So that's where we, that's where we are. We're aligned on Russell Wilson, and that's our target. Let's go get Russell Wilson this offseason. That would be freaking awesome. That would be so good. Thirty three, still relatively in his prime. He can move. He can run. Oh man, I would love Russell Wilson with the Broncos. That'd be sweet. Um, now we just got to get the Seahawks on board. Exactly. With that. Yeah. Can we? Hey, we got lots of draft picks. Hey, Pete Carroll. <laughs> hey guys, we got all these draft picks. You want them? Let's go. So uh, hey. Broncos, big underdogs going to Dallas. John and I will take a look at that game and finish up our conversation on Von Miller to the Rams. We'll do that coming up next. This is the typical sports book minute. Let's make this interesting. What's up? This is Jeff Clark from the Bet Slipping Podcast presented by SportsbookWire.com. I'm here with my handicapping homie, Nathan Beagle, to break down this week's Sunday night football game with the Tennessee Titans visiting the Los Angeles Rams. Our friends at Typico Sportsbook have the Rams' favorite seven and a half. The money lines are Titans plus 280, Rams minus 370 for an outright win. The total is 53 and a half. I'm on the over 53 and a half here because there's more money back in the over, whereas more of the public is back in the under. Also, we have some over-friendly trends for the Titans. They're 8-2 to the over-under in 10 primetime games since 2018. They're also 19-11 to the over-under on the road since then, and 17-12 and towards the over-under as an underdog since 2018. Nate, how do you see the Sunday Night Football game playing out? I'm going with the under. The Rams are number five in QBR and lead the league in sacks. There's going to be no Derrick Henry for the second time in four years. Uh, that's where we're at. I think all that's going to cause the under to hit. That was your typical Sportsbook Minute. For a limited time, new users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See Tipico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. I think Dallas might be the best team in the NFC, John. I'm really, this this team is hot. And what a statement they made on Sunday night. Sitting, resting Dak Prescott, winning that game with Cooper Rush in Minnesota. What a win that was for the Cowboys. And uh, I don't know. They still make these stupid mistakes and all these penalties and Cowboys fans like Katie Drummond over at Cowboys Wire, Marcus Mosier over at Raiders Wire, these diehard Cowboys fans that we know well, uh, they'll tell you that the officials are just out to get Dallas and they call flags on Dallas all the time. I'm not sure about that. I think at some point you got to look at the coaching and be like, eh, maybe you're doing, maybe you're going beyond the whistle a little bit there, Dallas. So they they do do some stupid stuff, maybe some stuff that could keep uh, Denver around. But I I don't know. I just feel like specifically with your defense against the Cowboys offense, how do you stop them? If Dak plays, how do you stop them? With their receivers, their tight ends, their running backs, their offensive line, uh, they are like one of the most unstoppable teams in the league right now. With the spread on Tipico at 8.5, the Broncos are 8.5-point are underdogs in Dallas. 
I think they're uh, they're definitely a candidate to lose by double digits in this game. I think the Cowboys are that good on offense right now. The Broncos are that banged up on defense, and the Broncos' offense just can't score. So um, I think I would have to back the Cowboys at this number. I just think they're I just think they're heading in a in an opposite direction as the Broncos are right now. Yeah, I can't pick the Broncos to keep it within double digits because, like you're mentioning about the Cowboys' offense, they're so good and they're scoring so many points. Even if the Broncos slow them down, they're still going to score some points on them. And it's not just that. Like to me, the big concern is Denver's offense. Like even against Washington. Washington going into that game was allowing like 30 points a game. I think it was the most in the NFL and Denver's offense like ran into a brick wall. And I was like, what in the the world is going on that we're playing on paper? The worst defense in the NFL. We can't get anything done. And like you're saying about the Cowboys, I think primarily I think it's coaching. I think Pat Schirmer has done such a terrible job. One play calling and two putting his players in position to to make plays, like utilizing his players well, like the run game, when they run, how they run, how often they run, the passing game, like Noah Fant using him as a blocker instead of out as a receiver, which is what he's actually really good at. And, you know, I just, it's so frustrating watching the offense. So I have no confidence in the Broncos offense to score enough points against Dallas who will score points. I don't have confidence in Denver to keep it close. I agree with you. So let's end the show like this, John. What it, wrap up your thoughts on Von Miller. You could give me like your favorite moment. I know we had Super Bowl 50, which has been brought up a bunch here this week. What an incredible year that was. We're, yeah, we have Peyton Manning, but it was the defense in that playoff run. Let's be honest. The defense was unbelievable. You turned on football in those Broncos playoff games to watch defense, which was kind of refreshing and kind of fun. It was a fun way to do it. Um, what's, what's your, uh, what's your like, final take on, on the Von Miller thing? Yeah, we'll we'll for sure never forget Super Bowl Fifty. That was that's like one of my all time favorite Broncos fan, uh, memories because I was kind of young in the '90s for those Super Bowls, so I barely even remember those. So for me, Von Miller and Super Bowl Fifty is probably my best Broncos memory. And and Miller himself, just his personality, he's such a funny guy and a goofy guy, and he's like a chicken farmer, is <laughs> which you don't really see like guys that much in the NFL that are like chicken farmers like that. It's just kind of funny. Not There's nothing wrong with it at all. It's just, yeah, it's just funny. He's a funny, entertaining person and doing like his old spice, goofy commercials. Yes, I'll yes. miss how funny he is and how energetic he is around the locker room. And I, it doesn't apply as much anymore because now Tom Brady is in Tampa Bay. But back when Brady was with the Patriots, it was so nice watching Miller rush off the edge and cause the Patriots so much problems because of the Patriots. Obviously, you know how good yeah, they speak were. For yourself, and John, speak for yourself, John. Speak for yourself with that being fun. <laughs> yeah, it was just so nice. Like Brady, he, it seemed like in general, he was so unrattled, but a couple times against the Broncos, it just seemed like they were able to rattle him with just so much pressure and just frustrated him so much and just hit him so many times. And it was Miller leading the charge on that as a, as a Broncos fan. I know you and people in New England did not appreciate that, but I really appreciate that. And if we can get a rerun of that in the NFC playoffs now with Miller rushing off the edge with the Rams hitting Brady again, knocking the Bucks out of the playoffs, and then going on to win a Super Bowl, like that's for sure what I'm hoping for. I want Von Miller to get another ring. And then uh, I'm probably not this offseason because I think he's going to have a good market this offseason. If he finishes out the year well, I think someone – Either the Rams or someone else will give him a nice little deal. 
But a couple years down the road before he retires, I would love for him to come back to Denver for a year or two just to cap off his career. Go get another Super Bowl now with the Rams and then go get another payday and then come back to Denver. That's what I'm hoping for from Miller. Go Rams. I'm with you, John. You know, you know, you know, I hate their approach. Go Rams. That's going to be a fun defense to watch with Aaron Donald in the middle and Von Miller oh, on the yeah. edge. I mean, Tom Brady's he's in the Bucks. They've had a hard time with the Rams anyway. Never mind with Von Miller out there. If he's healthy and right, oh boy, look out. Yeah, and, and I've said this before on this show, um, and with those old Patriots teams, there was two teams that we just could not handle. And one was anytime you played the Giants, for some reason, Eli Manning was just in our head, in Brady's head, and going to Denver. Forget it. We're not winning that game. It was always, always a dogfight going to Denver. And Von Miller and that defense was was a huge reason why. You know, it didn't matter who was quarterback. Brock Osweiler could be quarterback. We could not beat Denver at mile high. It just was not happening. So uh, so there it is. Okay, go Rams, John, right? That's where we're at, unfortunately. Big time. Big time. This is the Rams Wire podcast. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's not the Rams Wire podcast, but I am go win another Super Bowl, Vaughn. That's what I'm hoping for. Well, that's a good idea. We should get one of those going. We, we can uh, we could double dip here on uh, each week going forward. But uh, hey, for <laughs> do John, a Von Miller watch. We can there do it is. That. Yeah, the Von Miller podcast. Uh, so for John Heath, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for joining us. That's our show for this week. We'll catch you next time. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.